0: Six games remain. Who needs to step up? This is the Locked on Jets podcast for Tuesday, November 30th, 2021. I'm your host, John D from ganggreennation.com Thank you so much for making this show your first listen each day. The Jets might be out of the playoff race, but the last six games of the season are very important to some players on this roster. We're going to talk about those players ahead on the Locked on Jets podcast. You are locked on Jets. Your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I hope your week is off to a good beginning. I know a lot of people were a little bit disappointed by the way the Jets played on Sunday, even though they won, but it was a win. So we can enjoy that. We have not had many chances to celebrate a victory in recent seasons. But I do think a lot of the disappointment came from the performance of Zach Wilson in that game. And I think the last six games of the season are somewhat important for Zach, and I think they are somewhat important for other players. I'm going to talk today about three players who are really under the microscope, so to speak, for the last six games of the season. This idea for a show came to me from an email I got from a listener named Steven who wrote, Hi, John. It annoys me when everybody makes very quick decisions about how good or bad a player is. That said, I'm increasingly beginning to feel like Zach is a big arm player who may not be a very good quarterback. I I hope he proves me wrong, but what if we get to week 13 through 18 and we're not seeing any improvement? What do the Jets do for next season? Do we have to go through the Sam darnold thing again of watching him fail for three years before we move on we have a lot of young talent and probably more coming in with the next draft and free agency it sure feels like having a good nfl quarterback with zach as a backup would be more enjoyable to watch next season and i do not think steven is alone in thinking that now i do not think there is any chance the jets are moving on from zach wilson this season after 2021 I do not think the Jets should move on from Zach Wilson after 2021. I don't think that the Jets are going to even contemplate bringing in anybody else who could conceivably win the starting job in 2022 other than Zach Wilson. And it makes me think about how NFL teams operate the quarterback position. And I think a lot of it is kind of illogical. It's the most important position on the field. It's not important that you get every decision right. It's just important that you find a guy. Even if your batting average is you know, 250, 333, you get one out of four right, one out of three right. The important thing is getting it right. But NFL teams act like you have to bat a 1,000, and they draft one guy, and they put all their eggs in his basket, even though it's a very difficult position to develop. It's a very difficult position to evaluate. And they act like bringing in any sort of competition for a young quarterback will doom him. And there is this huge disconnect that I see because... If somebody's going to become your franchise quarterback, they're going to lead you through some very difficult times, very difficult road venues. They're going to turn things around when you have a losing streak. Yet you act like they can't handle competing for the job. It's one of those things that makes no sense for me. I got to be honest, Steven, if it was up to me, I don't know that I'd be looking to draft somebody. And that's in part because this on paper, and not that I've done any sort of deep dive on it, this on paper does not seem like a particularly great draft class at the quarterback position. But if Zach does not improve over the final six games of the season, I would be in favor of bringing in a veteran player, uh, maybe somebody with a solid track record if they can be found, and not giving that person the job. But I would be in favor of opening up a training camp competition next season and the better quarterback plays. Maybe something along the lines of what Denver did this past year. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater. He competed with Drew Locke, Bridgewater won the job out of training camp, something like that. I think that there is a certain threshold you have to hit to earn your sp- spot on the field, even when you are the young franchise quarterback. It's one of the things I never understand. If a young quarterback cannot outperform a guy who's kind of like a journeyman veteran, why should they be on the field? People are adamant The young guy has to play. But I don't think anything I say is going to matter because I don't think that there's any chance the Jets would move in a different direction. I don't even think that they would halfway it by doing what I suggested. I think Zach Wilson will have the starting job next season because that's the way NFL teams operate. They act like they have to bat 1,000. So what I'm looking for may not be so important for Zach Wilson to retain his starting job, but I think knowing that Zach Wilson is probably going to be the starting quarterback next season, the undisputed starting quarterback next season, there are certain things I need to see just for my own peace of mind heading to this offseason. Because what we've seen to date, quite frankly, has not been very good. And I know you can always point out some quarterback who had similar stats at this point in time and went on to a successful career. We understand that. The thing is, for every quarterback who begins slowly, there are probably like five who fail. I mean, you I've seen Josh Allen's numbers from his early career thrown around. Well I can Show you a lot more quarterbacks who had similar numbers who did not succeed. And I think it goes back to Steven's original point. I think sometimes we're too quick to say definitively this player is a success or this player is a failure. We don't know yet. We really don't know yet for Zach Wilson. But the things we've seen so far are not promising because beyond statistics, and I do think numbers matter to a certain extent, Zach's just not doing the basic things that you need a quarterback to do in this league. He just looks lost out there. And I understand sometimes a rookie quarterback going to look lost. It doesn't matter who it is. Peyton Manning had times where he looked lost as a rookie. Any great quarterback who played as a rookie, and a lot of great quarterbacks sit the entire rookie season, you're going to have moments where you see something overly complex, something you may not have seen in college. Defenses are much more sophisticated than the NFL. You'll have moments where you look lost. You'll have games where you go out there and you just don't have it. Happened to Russell Wilson, happened to pretty much every great quarterback who began as the week one starting quarterback their rookie season. But with Zach, I do think it's a lot of very basic things. And I think one of the barometers I use is you'll always have fans who will praise something. You'll always have fans who try and see progress. They'll try and frame things in a positive way. To be honest with you, I try and be that too. If I can see some sort of light at the end of the tunnel, I'll try and take it because you wanna believe that the team's moving in the right direction. So I don't always know if the Jets are moving in the right direction or not, but I at least see a conceivable scenario where the path that they're taking makes sense. And sometimes I see no conceivable path for success for the Jets. I mean, I saw that near the end of the Mike Tannenbaum era. I saw that during the John Idzik era, the last couple years of McKagnon, you could see that the Jets were not moving in any positive direction. I think there still is a path to success for zach wilson and part of this comes from his biography where he has a track record you go back to high school you go back to college not being that impressive in his early seasons but then making rapid improvements a couple of years in so that has to factor in along with the hope that you have for growth in any quarterback but to date to be fair We haven't seen that growth yet. We haven't seen Zach Wilson making discernible progress, you know, and I go back to just what fans when they want to see progress, there's, I think there are some fans who like, will try and find progress. And I look to see what people are saying the type of progress Zach Wilson is making is. And I saw stuff like, well, he had a couple of good drives in the second half where he hit passes. He hit a couple short passes. I mean, these were pretty much football 101 passes. And some of these passes he hit in the second half on these scoring drives, not only were they pretty simplistic, they were kind of inaccurate. So I think right now, there's not a lot to love about the way Zach Wilson's playing football. You know, and there's only so, so many times we can say that, okay, well, he played well in the second half of that Tennessee game where he made a lot of plays and you know, made things happen and took more than what the defense gave him. That's one game. You know, we're getting pretty deep into the season for us to be looking back at a ga- one game that early. So for my peace of mind, and again, I don't think that this is going to be a case where Zach Wilson's in any danger of losing the starting job next season, whether or not he should. And I'm not saying necessarily that I would be ready to move on from Zach Wilson. I certainly would not cut him. But based on what I've seen so far, I'm not convinced that Zach Wilson should definitively be handed the starting job without any sort of competition. So I just want to see, I want to see discernible progress. I want to see him understand basic defensive concepts. And that's one of the things that alarms me as much as anything. It's just, he's being confounded by looks that are not that complex. And in all honesty, I have not yet had a chance to do a deep dive on the Houston film. These are my impressions from the first viewing with the TV angle and in Zach's previous games. But it doesn't seem like it takes a lot to confuse Zach And there's a lot of hesitancy there. You know, for as much as people talk about he shakes everything off, he's got a lot of confidence. I've seen a guy get pretty rattled out there at various points. I think the decision-making has been suspect, both the throws that he's made and some of the movements within the pocket. And that was one of my concerns was I don't think he did a good job at BYU, even in his big season last year of stepping up in the pocket when he had an opportunity to climb it to evade a pass rusher. He's not done a very good job of that this year. I think in the Houston game, you saw various points where instead of hanging tough in the pocket, he bailed on it. He does this little thing where he runs backwards. And, you know, I I can't say it's always the wrong move because that's part of the player he is. That's one of the things that can produce big plays. But you have to know how to pick your spots. And I don't think he's picked his spots particularly well, aside from the Tennessee game. And understanding that you're going to make bad plays when you try and evade pressure, you're going to take bad sacks. It will happen at times, but I don't think the ratio of reward versus risk has been very good so far this year. So better decision-making in the pocket, both in terms of where he's throwing the ball, when he's running for the purposes of avoiding the pass rush. I'd like to see him understand basic concepts. And I'd like to see him find some concepts in the passing game he's comfortable with. These are the types of things that could at least ease my mind heading into next season because again I don't think I'm not going to bring this up that much because I don't think it matters no matter what I say I don't think that the Jets are going to follow my lead on this so I'm not going to like go on and on about how the Jets should do something that I don't think they're going to do but I there are certain things I'd like to see from Zach moving forward and if he does not show them over these final six games I'm going to be pretty nervous heading into next season but Zach Wilson's not the only player I have under the microscope We're going to talk about another player the Jets recently used a top pick on ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. You know, after all of the stress of the last couple of years, I could not blame you if you just wanted to get away for a beach vacation, because in life we're all bound for different things. And with beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. I don't know what type of beach person you are. I enjoy just hitting the beach, sitting in my chair, maybe going into the water, maybe playing with the sand a little bit. It's just a nice relaxing day. And no matter how you like to spend your days at the beach, with beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter where you are, and no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? visit beachbound.com today. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. In the first segment, I talked about what I think Zach Wilson needs to show over the final six games of the season. But Wilson is not the only young player I am focused on in the final games of 2021. There are a couple of others for whom I think these last games are important. One who comes to mind is Quinnen Williams, who of course was a first-round pick a couple of years back. Like all first round picks, Quinnen signed a four-year contract, but that contract also contains a team option for year number five. There is a catch, however. Every team needs to decide whether to execute that option after the player's third season. So after year three, you need to decide. Are we going to pick up that fifth year option and have this player on our team for two more years. Now there are a couple of factors complicating that decision because the rules just changed. That fifth year option used to not be guaranteed. You you used to have one year to cut the player without owing him any additional money. With the new collective bargaining agreement that the league and the players just agreed to in twenty twenty, the option is now guaranteed. So if the Jets pick up that option, they owe Quinn and Williams all of the money. And Quinnen Williams has been very up and down. It's been interesting to watch his career because I think through like the first year, year and a half, there was a lot of disappointment in Quinnen. Then the second half of last season, he really came on. This year under Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich, I think it's been very up and down. You know, you look at the stat, the sack numbers. The first, and the first thing you do for any defensive player is you look at their sacks. And Quinnen has six so far. So if you average that out, prorate it to 17 games, okay, that's a nine-sack pace. That's excellent for an interior defensive lineman. I think sometimes people overestimate how many sacks you can expect from an interior defensive lineman. Unless you're like Aaron Donald, it comes and goes, because you're facing a lot more double teams on the inside. A lot of it depends on things that are kind of beyond your control. Guys like Fletcher Cox are averaging, I don't know, around six sacks a season, and he's a name that's well known for being a tremendous interior defensive lineman. So you look at Quinnen's sack numbers, and that's the first number anybody looks at for a defensive lineman. It looks pretty good. And there have been games where Quinnen has been excellent this season. I think the Houston game, he's coming off a strong performance against the Texans. But there have also been games where it's been ugly, where he's been kind of a no-show. I know it's easy to say, well, he's probably getting a lot of double teams. I mean, I got to tell you, even when he's getting double teams in some of these games, he's not taking them on well. Double teams may limit your numbers, but just because you're getting double teams that doesn't necessarily mean you're playing well. You've got to be able to hold the point of attack. You've got to be able to keep blockers off other guys. And you look at the Jets' struggles defensively in recent weeks, I'm not going to act like it's Quinn and Williams' fault. This was a team-wide, system-wide failure when the Jets were allowing like 45 points per game in the weeks following the bye. It's not only Quinnen Williams' fault, but he wasn't playing well. He's supposed to be the best player, and the Jets were getting dominated up front, and he's part of that. Especially with Carl Lawson out, I think the Jets were expecting Quinnen to take on a bigger role this season, and I understand Lawson and Quinnen play different positions, but they're both on the defensive line, and I think that they were supposed to kind of help each other out. Maybe Lawson draws some extra attention, which frees Quinnen up. Or maybe vice versa, Quinnen was going to draw some extra attention, which would free Lawson up. Well, even in the games where Quinnen is drawing extra attention, he isn't always playing that effectively. So the Jets have kind of a decision to make with Quinnen Williams. If he finishes the next six games very strongly, then I think it's pretty clear you're going to pick up his option. Now, the other factor that comes into play here is that it might be a little bit easier to pick up his option because... The formula has changed for the fifth-year option. It used to be, based on where you were drafted, top 10 picks got a much higher salary than guys drafted below the top 10. They've changed it to try and reflect the player's performance level. And a lot of that goes into that comes into the Pro Bowls. How many Pro Bowls have you made? And Quinnen has not really reached those heights yet. So the deal might be a little bit cheaper. It may get to the range where it just makes sense anyway. But if Quinnen doesn't perform well over these final six games, if he continues to, or if he continues to be erratic, I think you at least get into the territory where you're going to have to start thinking about a decision because it's difficult to judge Quinnen so far. I do think, like, the third overall pick, people's expe- expectations are way too high. I remember looking this up. I looked up, you know, 20 years or so worth of third overall picks. The bust rate's about half of them. A lot, about half the players picked third overall ultimately failed. They don't really produce for their team. I don't think Quentin Williams has been a complete failure, but I think he's been a little bit below expectations so far. And maybe he should not have been. Maybe our expectations should be about what he is right now. You You cannot expect a third overall pick to be a great player. You cannot expect him to be like a Hall of Fame player. It just doesn't work that way despite the perception. But I have to be honest with you. When he came into the NFL, I was expecting a little bit more. I don't think he's been a total failure. I don't think he's quite reached what we were hoping for. And maybe over the final six weeks, he'll put things together. He'll make that Jets decision easier. And we'll go into 2022 with a lot of confidence in him. But I'm going to talk about one more player. We're going to move back to the offensive side of the ball. A final player who could use a good final six weeks. We'll talk about it ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. Now, I don't know whether Bet Online is taking bets for whether fifth-year options will be picked up, but they do have you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before, as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just using promo code LOCKEDON, one word with no space, L O C K E D O N to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday, talking about some young players on the roster who could use a good final six weeks of the season to establish themselves as building blocks for this franchise going forward. In the first segment, I talked about the 2021 first round pick, Zach Wilson. In the second segment, I talked about the 2019 first round pick, Quinan Williams. And I'm gonna end by talking about the 2020 first round pick, Makai Becton, who really has not played all that much this season. He got hurt in the opener against Carolina. In fact, he got hurt on the play. That was Zach Wilson's first touchdown pass. He suffered a knee injury. And quite frankly, I think he's been getting too much criticism. It's not his fault he's gotten hurt. Injuries happen, especially on the offensive line in this league. Can't get on Mekhi Becton for being hurt. But there's a difference between criticizing a guy for being hurt and saying, you know what? You got to be on the field. You got to produce. And there have been some rumors that maybe Mekhi Becton is getting closer to a a return. It sounds like he traveled to the game on Sunday in Houston. Maybe that's a signal he'll be back soon. But there have been some false starts this season. A lot of people, based on some of the initial prognosis, thought he might be back by now. Kind of seems like we were moving in the right direction. But he has yet to hit the practice field again. So hopefully the Jets get their young left tackle back. And I have to say, the Jets did a good job this offseason in getting tackle depth by signing Morgan Moses. And I also have to say, George Fant, who I think was a pretty big disappointment a year ago as a free agent signing, has really stepped up in the absence of Mekhi Becton. I think Fant has done a very good job at left tackle this season. Tackle depth, I always want my team to have three starting caliber tackles. Very few teams in the NFL have that. And this is why. Because it's an important position, and when you lose somebody, you do not want it to be a weakness. A bad tackle can destroy your team, and the Jets, because they have three starting caliber tackles, have been able to weather the absence of Makai Becton. But Becton, I think, is an important player for this franchise going forward. Listen, we went a couple of years waiting for the Jets to get a new franchise left to tackle after DeBrikashaw Ferguson retired. They brought in a couple of guys who were stopgaps. Ryan Clady, who really did not work out, and Kelvin Beecham, who did a very good job as a stopgap, but was not really a long-term solution. Jets drafted Becton, I think, based on his upside. You know, I go back, there was an old theory the old Giants general manager George Young had. It was called the Planet Theory. It went along the lines of there are only so many Enormous men who can move efficiently. So, if you have the chance to draft one of them, you got to take it. Beckton, obviously, very big, but for his size, pretty nimble, and a guy the Jets projected as a long term left tackle. And last season, I actually thought played pretty well, all things considered. I was expecting him to be much more raw. I was expecting him to have a lot more issues playing because he was not a guy who I felt was that fundamentally sound at Louisville. And listen, he had some bad games, but for the most part, he held up pretty well. And when he faced tough competition, you know, when he faced Joey Bosa, even though Bosa got hurt in the game against San Francisco, he did a pretty good job. There were some other premium opponents he faced where he held up pretty well. I've seen people suggest that he needs to be moved off left tackle. And I'm not necessarily saying this discussion is off the table forever, but I think you've got to see Beckton fail at left tackle before we have it. I am a believer in the idea that If a guy has multiple possible roles he could play, you put him at the most important one first, and you only talk about moving him after he fails there. And on the offensive line, left tackle remains, I think, the number one spot where you want quality play, because he's protecting the area, he's blocking the guy the quarterback cannot see. So I always want somebody who's going to be dependable there. And if Becton fails out of there, then we could discuss moving him. But he has not failed yet. That said, I do think there are some questions. Can he stay on the field? And listen, he's not going to answer all of these questions by playing seven games this season. You know, if he's back this week, the most he can play is seven because he played that first game. There are six games left. But you'd like to see him show some durability. It's kind of like what I just said about Quinn Williams and Zach Wilson. It's not going to set the path for the rest of his career necessarily. It's not going to alleviate all long-term concerns. But you want to see him build some momentum. You want to see him allow you to go into 2022 with optimism. You want to see him succeed. You want to see him grow. You want to see the technique be more consistent to improve. He had a tough first game against Carolina, although I think it was a tough matchup. The types of pass rushers the Panthers had are the types of guys who give Makai Becton trouble. Hopefully, you'll get Becton back. Hopefully, he'll play really well. There will be lingering questions about his durability, can he stay on the field no matter what happens? But there's an opportunity here to make you feel really good about the left tackle position, really make you feel good about the left side of the line. Give him and Elijah Vera Tucker a chance to play together, maybe develop some chemistry. I mean, the Jets are going to have some good days running the ball behind those two guys on the left side of their line. Can Beckton get back? Can he play effectively? Can he stay on the field? We'll be watching. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and send in your mailbag questions. We will have our Wednesday weekly mailbag tomorrow.